Welcome to Design Your Life in Business, the podcast for leaders by Bright Mind Consulting Group. We give you the necessary tools to help you become the architect of not just your business, but your life too. I'm your host, Javon Wooden. Hey, what's going on, James? How are you, man? Man, I am fantastic. Excited to be here with you and your audience on this platform, and I appreciate you giving me this opportunity to spend some time with you as always motivating and encouraging and building me up. So thank you for this opportunity. My pleasure. Thank you for the kind words, man. You know, you got a name of a great and you are great. So we're going to get right into this, man. (laughs) We're going to get the people what they need. All right. So first question, man, we got to know who is James Brown? Oh, I was born son of a sharecropper. No, my grandfather was actually a sharecropper. But man, my name is James Brown, born and raised in Houston, Texas have spent 25, 30 years in the hospitality industry. And that's kind of led to my platform, combining my former All-American track status with what I've done in corporate America and the hospitality industry and just create this platform to help people stay connected. Man, that's a pretty awesome combination. So you took athleticism, your athletic path, and then you took your time in hospitality and you created this concept called the exchange zone. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So, you know, when you're building businesses and when you're coming up, what problems do you solve? What happened? And I realized I don't like disconnection. And then I was talking to, it's important, I'm sure we're going to get to it a little later, but some of the people in my circle about, you know, what separates you from everybody else? And I realized that I was a track and field All-American. I didn't think much of it because everybody I ran with was a track and field All-American. I ran with Olympians and world championship and record holders and all that kind of stuff. I wasn't a world champion record holder or anything like that. But when you compare yourself to the general population, I've come to discover that that's still a pretty high percentile of where my athletic abilities uh, led. And then I talked to people about what helped me be successful in corporate America. And it was about building relationships. And that's what helped me become successful in sales. And so you combine those two track world-class competing at a high level and then being able to build relationships. And I realized that in the relay and track, that's what it's all about. It's about how do you remain connected? How do you stay connected? The exchange zone is a 30-meter area on the track in the 4 by one relay where this baton is passed from one teammate to the next, from the incoming teammate to the outgoing teammate. If you drop it, if you hear that, you're disqualified. So what do we do to make sure we're not disqualified with our customers, both internal and external? And so I realized that it all happens in the exchange zone. Everything happens in the exchange zone. You remain connected. You can have Good handoffs, you can have great handoffs, you can have exceptional handoffs, but the goal is to remain connected. So you combine that with what I learned in hospitality, man, and we just realized that it's all about connectivity and remaining connected in the exchange zone. Well, I definitely don't want to hear that drop, and I know the listeners don't want to hear that either, because we don't want to get disqualified, especially when it comes to business, because that's how we get the money, right? And that's how we design the life we don't need a vacation from. So what do you recommend to avoid dropping the baton for people? How do we get connected? And not just for the sake of business, but have these meaningful relationships. Man, you need to understand who you are. You know, what is your skill set? What do you bring to the table? What is your value? What is your resource? What can you provide? And then you understand who your teammates are. What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? What do they provide? What do they bring to the table? And then you combine those two. And I believe that this onus is everybody is your customer. So when I was running the coach to my customer, the trainer, the nutrition, the strength and conditioning coach, the bus driver, I treated everybody nicely. Everybody was my customer. It wasn't intentional. It's just something that, you know, raising the South, Southern hospitality, you just treat people 
nicely. And it led to people endearing themselves to me and liking me just for being me. And so I would have all these conversations. Then my teammates, it didn't matter if I ran first, second, third, fourth leg, all my teammates were my customers. And so we realized, how do we perform optimally? You understand? I know Brian didn't like the stretch on race day. So I wouldn't fool with Brian on race day. You got an extra stretch. We let, hey, let's go through this one more time. We good. If we got to pray, we pray. If we need to just, some people need to be hyped up. Some people need to be brought down. So you understand all that. And so I would be all that to those. And then I took that same thing and brought it to corporate America. I started in accounting. And then I saw these express reports. I'm like, man, what do they do? Golf, eat dinner. And so in accounting, you get to meet all the departments because of budgets. And hey, I need this budget change. I need that budget change. You know, this expense report deadline is wrong or explain this to me. So I knew all the departments. When I moved to sales, I kept those same relationships. And so you applied. I took that same thing and applied to business now. Everybody I talk to, I try to figure out what can I do to not only be a resource, but what can I do to help you stay connected? What can I do to connect you with me? What can I do to connect you with my network? One of my favorite books that I like is called The Power of Who by Bob Bodine. He says we have access to a million people. I know 100 people. My 100 people know 100 people. So what do we do to be resources? What do we do to just be good human beings? Now, that's powerful because it's like, you know, you're talking about connecting, not just for the sake of having numbers, like like you said, the million, but also how do you serve, right? Coming from that place of service and then looking at everyone as your customer. That's an interesting perspective I hadn't heard before. It's like, if I look at everyone as a customer, I'm going to treat everyone with respect. I'm going to treat everyone with dignity and I'm going to treat them as I would, not how I would want to be treated, but how they want to be treated, right? Treating them on the level where they're feeling comfortable with me. They get that no like, and trust factor. And also coming from a business perspective, you never know who really could be a client, right? Or who could be that partner that introduces you to someone. So that's very important to treat everyone with that same level of respect. And, you know, when we talk about sports, you know, track is a team game at least for the relay part. So I like how you tied that together into a business perspective. But what about those solopreneurs that's listening, right? Those consultants, those coaches, what do they do when it comes to that team point that you made? You can be a solopreneur as you want. You know, we're speakers and coaches and training, and there's nothing more isolated than being on a stage. However, if you're on stage and don't have AV, you don't have lighting, you don't have an audience, are you really a solopreneur? I know we're in business by ourselves, but even in that, you still have to have bankers, lawyers, accountants. It's still a team effort. It's a lot like track. I like golf as well. And it's an individual sport for the team. If everybody does what they're supposed to do, the team comes together. So yes, it's team. It's not like playing quarterback or playing football. We have to depend on 10 other people, including coaches and all that stuff. But even as solopreneurs, you can't do it alone. You can't, you, you just can't. It sounds good. Yes, I'm a one-man operation. I'm a one-woman operation. I'm a one-person operation. But it still takes a team. That's why this whole adage about everybody being your customer is so important. If you need coffee, that's still one of your teammates. If you need to go to dinner, if you have to fly, if you have to drive, if you have to get gas, all those people are still part of my team. They may not be my direct team. I may not be indirect, but indirectly, they're still part of what is going to make me successful. And if I have that mindset going into every exchange, pun totally intended, it totally works out. I love that. You're absolutely right, though. So, you know, we're in business, right? We're all, everyone listening is an entrepreneur, business leader. So, you know, how do you recommend the listeners connect with their ideal audience without like sounding salesy or fake? 
when you talk about generating those connections? We have to get away from transactions. Transactions are important. They're key. They're going to happen. But if we think about building the relationship, and I'm not talking like Steve Harvey and Alana Van Zandt relationships, but if we can just be humans and understand, let's be more relational and less transactional. What can I do to create a win-win relationship? If I'm going to spend my money, or if I want you to spend your money, isn't it better to spend it with somebody who you know? How do we create experiences? How many places do you pass up that sells coffee to go to one place? How many restaurants do you pass up to go to to get that one burger? It's about the experience. The experience comes because you've created this relationship. You care. When you ask people how they're doing, it's not just how you're doing. It. It's genuine concern about what can I do to make your day better? What can I do to be a resource for you? And that's just the approach I take. I think if we all took that approach, it, it just would help us out as being human beings. And if you do that, the transactions are going to come. The great brands get it. If you think about the great brands in the world, and I won't name them because I'm just not going to, but think about the great brands who continue to thrive when the economy is going down. They're still fine. Yes, are they short a little bit of staff? Yes, but they continue to what? Create relationships. They build files on you. They know about you. And so you keep going back because they can call your name. They know your size. They know what you like. They can... Really, really good. If you go off and up, they can order for you. They see you coming and this is what you're going to have. We've been there. I've experienced that. I like how it made me feel. So how can I do that for somebody else? The transactions are going to come. But if you build a relationship, the transaction will come. And I want repeats. I don't want one hitter. I want you to come and keep coming and keep coming because I know he's going to do what's best for me. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a part of my five life framework, that yearn piece, right? Generating those brand ambassadors, that brand loyalty, right? Making them evangelize your brand. So I wholeheartedly agree. You know, it's hard to sustain a business if you don't have that. Your marketing dollars increase for cost per acquisition. Your effectiveness of all your campaigns is lessened because you don't have people speaking to it. I have those testimonials, those referrals, as we talk about. So that's a great point. But, you know, when we talk about the relationships, as you said, we still need that transaction to take place at some point. So how do you ask for that sale? If you identify the need and it's a need you can meet, then you say, let me meet the need. That's it. Every transaction is not yours. Every need you can't meet. You can't. People, I can do it all. You can't do it all. But if I understand what, where is your pain point? Where is your threshold? Where can I solve a problem for you? I allow you to talk. I more than listen. I more than listen to words. I hear you with intent to understand, okay, this is my benefit. So now can we come together and form a partnership? Transaction is there. They're going to have to get it done anyway. Why not with somebody they like, somebody who makes it easy for them, somebody who really cares about them, somebody they can, you talk about how can you build that trust? Yeah, absolutely. So I don't want you to give away all the secret sauce, but like, what's your process look like when you're taking someone through and you're riding a wave to the cell? What does that look like for you? Is what I said. I'm genuinely, authentically me. This is who I am. An old adage, old WYSIWYG. So I'll probably date myself. What you see is what you get. But how do you figure out what the problem is? So you ask open-ended questions. It's not just, I'm going in for the sale. It's not the used car sales. I had a guy tell me one time, he said, more people talk themselves out of a transaction than talk themselves into it. Ask open-ended questions, listen, find where you fit, and then ask, can we do business together? If I can provide this and it meets your need, it solves your problem, can we work together? And then be quiet. Allow them to talk. Allow them to think. Allow them to process because they may not have seen it that way. They might not have known you can solve that. 
And so you do that and then you move through the transaction. And then once you get it, you do what you promised, under promise, over deliver, which does what? Helps build the relationship, which helps build the trust, which helps you get what? Another transaction. And then if you can't do it, here's the problem where a lot, if you can't do it, then say, that's out of my scope of work. And hopefully I know somebody who can. And then you become a resource. So then the next time they come up, hey, I have this. I know you helped me last time. Can you do it? Or do you know somebody who can? And that's how we have to move through this space. It's not just got them, bam, let's go. I'm going to hit them. I'm going to hit them. I'm going to get it. I'm going to sell. Yes, everything is sell, but I hate sell. I did it for 25 years. I hate the notion. We were talking about that at a group last week that this sales can have a negative connotation, even though we all do it for sales. If you're in business not making money, you're not in business. You have a hobby. So we have to make money. And people have resources that they have to spend to solve the problem. So put yourself in position to be thought about as a problem solver, as a resource. Transactions are going to come. Now, I love that. And, you know, walking through, like you said, it's really as simple as having a conversation. I like to look at my sales calls, what everyone else like to call them as a conversation. That's exactly what it is. I'm not coming in there like I need to sell, like, hey, I need you to buy. No, I'm coming in there, you know, listening at how I can solve the problem, like you said. And then, you know, they came to you because clearly they believe they consider you when we're talking about the customer journey. Right. You're in the consideration phase. So it's really about, like you said, letting them talk themselves into that sale and then just closing it, right? Offering to work with you and then letting them do the rest. That's it, right? That silence is golden and it's something that so many people are uncomfortable with. But if you are a business owner, entrepreneur, you have to get comfortable with that silence, right? You have to get comfortable. Even if you do need that sale, you can't have that energy, right? Even if it's like, man, I ain't made a sale in a month. You got to have the energy like, hey, I'm here to help you. You're not buying anything. I'm providing you with the transformation, right? Providing you with the solution. So that's excellent. Yeah, but I don't want to downplay you. We do need to sell. I need to sell. I don't know anybody who's in business who does not need to sell. Exactly. I'm not selling at all costs. I'm not going to sell myself out at all costs. And I'm not going to offer something that I can't provide. But yes, you do have to close it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But they feel that energy, man. They can tell if you're pushing it, if you're rushing it, they can feel that. You know, they might throw that, hey, you got a discount for me out there? <laughs> that's a whole nother. Yeah, them objections. That's a whole nother conversation handling those objections and stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's part of it, though. Absolutely. Because you don't, and I don't want to go off tangent too much, but in my world, I think about what is the win? In track, when we were running, what's the win? Coming in first place is not always the win. I'd rather come in second or third place and have a personal best than beat somebody slow. So with every transaction that I have in every relationship and every call, every conversation we have, the win may not be getting that sale right then. If I can develop the relationship and be a resource, I may have not got that one. But then they start talking about me to other people. It's what you talk. It's that halo effect. How do they talk about you when you're not around? He sure was nice work with. I couldn't give it to him, but hey, my friend has something. And those are wins. The conversation, if I can get you in a conversation, I've won. Let's get to the conversation because then we can figure out from there where it goes. No, that's absolutely true. You know, so and you just got to show up and be you, right? Not try to be someone else and saying things that you normally wouldn't say, pressing on. And a lot of us, like you said, you can talk yourself out of a deal really, really quickly. So, all right. So that's perfect. Thank you for sharing that. So you have this thing that you talk about, this customer centric approach. Right. What does that entail? And then 
you know, what's the benefits of this customer centric approach? Customer centric is about what's at the center of what you're doing. So we've talked about sales and sales is vital and you can't have sales without customers. So if customer service is just a department for you or a click box or a email is wrong, customer service has to be at the core, I believe, of principles of what you're doing, what you're offering. Because without customers, you can't have any business. Now in that, you also have internal customers. When I was in sales, accounting, once I moved out of accounting, accounting was my internal customer. If I needed a check cut or expense report done, I would speak to them just because, and it gave me the benefit of the doubt. We can't always, in corporate America, we can't always meet every deadline because in sales, sometimes stuff just pops up. So I don't have two weeks to wait on marketing. So marketing was my customer. They were my friends. So if I needed something, it wasn't uncommon for me just to go speak to them, to go say hi, to greet them, to take them cookies, whatever. But most of it is just conversation. People just want to be heard. I knew about the dogs and the families. So in this customer-centric culture is what you're doing about you or about them? Who are you doing it for? The customer for me is at the center of it. If I'm providing a service and it's just about me, what if that's not something they want? You know, you talked about it earlier. The golden rule was do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But Dr. Tony Alessandra said the platinum rule is do unto others or treat others the way they want to be treated. So if you like email, I'm not texting you. If you want to have coffee, I'm not going to say let's jump on a phone call. I want to treat you how you want to be treated. And I want to treat all my customers uniquely how they want to be treated. Their great brands have figured it out. They know we study and follow them. They don't treat everybody the same. Everybody gets treated equal. Everybody gets treated. Most get treated fairly. But the customer is at the center of what it is. They don't give a lot of rules and a lot of guidelines to take you away from the customer. They want you to interact. So if that means you texting customers, text customers. If it means call them when something comes in, call them. If it means I have this special, you get the call. I was talking to a buddy of mine who's in this shoe game, which is a whole nother thing, but he's made a couple of stores his customers. So when shoes come in, he gets a phone call first. So the customer is at the core of what it is that we do. Handle the customer. Everything else will be okay. And that's so true. And I like how you mentioned that there are internal customers too. It kind of goes along with what you said earlier about everyone being the customer, right? But treating them how they want to be treated. So I always like, I'm a big proponent of like feedback loops. So it's like having the ability to do like a survey or focus groups or even an email, like just sending people out, hey, what do you prefer? The checklist, like when someone's filling the form, your preferred method of contact, all that stuff is giving us the game, right? Exactly what we need to be doing for this person. And it's like so easy, but we forget all those things that are at our disposal. We really forget that. It's like we're behind in the marketing or, you know, creating strategies. And it's like you forget sometimes to ask the people who you're serving. <laughs> ask them what they want and they will tell you. I see it all the time. And the key to it, though, is once you get that information, then use it. Use it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because we'll get it and then put it in a file and don't use it. Why not? Anyway, yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. It's like, you got to implement, man. Like, data is no good if you're not applying it. So it's like, you know, we know data is currency, but you got to cash it out. You got to cash it out, right? So like, for instance, there's people with CRMs, like customer relationship management systems, and they don't even use it. It's like, you don't use the pipeline. You don't know what stage they're at. You don't know if they're coming to you for a specific product. You know, you got to learn, like you got to set up the systems to help you out. And that's one of the reasons why 
I started the podcast is because I want people to understand that there are systems and processes that help you be successful in your life and in business. You don't have to do everything on your own. You don't have to manually do everything. So that's why this concept of the exchange zone and the customer centric approach really resonates with me because, you know, I believe exactly what you're saying, that you got to set all this stuff up. You know, you got to make sure you don't drop that baton, but make it easy, right? Not just practice, 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 but also put the systems in place, right? Make sure you switch around, so to speak, the people that are on the handoff, right? So you got to know what's working and what's not, right? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. For people in the right positions, makes things a whole lot easier. <laughs> right, exactly. So, and then you have this concept, that this is I love everyone, like CPR. Break that down for us. You know, I like to talk in acronyms. I like to keep things simple and businesses are struggling. And with CPR, it's three simple things. It's communication, it's participation, and it's re-evaluation. In our businesses, we have to continuously communicate with our teams, both internally and externally, making sure that what we're saying makes sense, make sure it resonates, make sure it's in line with our values, make sure it's in line with what we do. Is it easy to understand? Not just me, because I see it. Not just me, because I create it. But is am I offering what you're trying to buy? Because at the end of the day, it does come down to sales. But am I offering what you're trying to buy? That's communication. Are we continuously communicating our principles, our offerings, our values? And then are we participating in the process? Are we just transactioning? Just get it done and be done. Are we participating? Are we part of the process? Are we in there? Do we see it from all the sides? Is If we have teams, have you gone out and worked the front line? Have you listened to the voice system? Have you checked? Have you tried to see what it's like from the customer standpoint? Are you participating? Are you a participant? And then this reevaluation is we ought to be in continuous evaluation and reevaluation mode. The world is changing every single day. And the adage of I've always done it this way, I tell people all the time, you know, I don't want to throw names out, but there's a, a VHS company who decided back in the early 2000s, they had some 9,000 units and 50,000 employees or something like that. And they, we got the market cornered. We're always going to do it this way. We're never going to go digital. And so they've gone from 9,000 units down to one unit because they never reevaluate. They always did it the same way. And so doing it that same way will have you. Yeah, no, that's one of the most important things. And that's, I really recommend everyone does that. Like, don't stay with that adage. One, economics, you know, they just change. We see that all the time, right? One minute, yeah, next minute you're down and you got to pivot. You got to be willing to change and be flexible. And, you know, we've seen that. I'll throw a name out there, Kodak, right? Kodak had all the benefits. You know, I'm from Rochester, New York, so I got to throw out Kodak because, man, they had it all. They had the game figured out. You know, they had the research for the digital camera and all that stuff. And someone who wanted to do it the way they always did it said, nope, we are known for film. We're not going digital. And guess what that? They had digital camera in the late 70s, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you. They had a digital and the, the president said, put that in a drawer. We're not going to go. Unbelievable. 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 Man. Except when you don't reevaluate because you're successful at where you are, you know, we're watching the Final Four now. It's a bunch of teams who we've never heard of that's going to be coming to Houston. By this time, they would have come to Houston. But, you know, the adage of, you know, we're the biggest, the best, always are, always will win. It's no longer the case. There's parity across sports. There's parity across businesses. 
There's talent. We have generations out there who are super talented, who may not go the traditional route to get where they need to get. You know, you listen to stories like yours, which is amazing, and how you've been able to take your life and help others in that. And so we have to be open to that. That attitude. A, B, C. It's a different world. Absolutely, man. And thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree that, you know, there's so much information, so much technology, so many just resources out there these days that it's like, you know, business moves at the speed of business, but you can help yourself out. But you got to do your research constantly. You have to constantly stay up on what's going on. You know, you got to look at your your threats. You got to look at, you know, SWOT analyses, right? The whole strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats type of thing. Opportunities and threats. That's right. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. You can't get comfortable. So we're getting ready to wrap up. But before we do, I got three questions I'll ask every guest in our by design segment. So the first question is, what has been the hardest part about designing a life and business you don't need a vacation from? Man, there's so much noise out there. There's so many opportunities, so many things, so many people, so much chit chat. And what I've had to discover is I have to figure out what works for me. There are 8 billion stuff out people in the world. Everybody has their own unique DNA. And so how do I take a little bit from this, a little bit from that, a little bit from this and create my own recipe that works for me? For a while, I was caught up in the noise. I had to do it this person's way because they were successful. I had to do it that person's way because they were successful. They've been in the game a little bit longer. Their history is a little bit different. Their understanding and their how they do things is a little bit different than how I do things. How they see, process, conceptualize is different. So how do I become authentically, genuinely me and then own that? No, that was an excellent answer because a lot of us are still dealing with that, especially in the age of social media. It's like you see all these people living fantastically from what it appears, right? We don't know what's actually going, but you get drawn in. You're like, man, I want that. How do I get that? Right? They're selling these $10,000, $15,000 courses. You get it. You're like, you know what? That doesn't work. <laughs> it didn't work for me. But uh, yeah, so. Yeah, that didn't work for me. Yeah. Right. Cost of tuition, though, right? <laughs> That's right. All right. So second question. What is the best lesson you've learned from your entrepreneurial journey? The best lesson, man, there's a big world out there and there are a lot of needs that need to be met and that you, plural, singular and plural, have something to offer the world. I had to look in the mirror and say, James, you have something to offer the world. There's somebody who needs what you have. It took me a long time to get there because I'm such, as one of my internal board of directors told me, you're such a people pleaser. You want to make everybody happy. And so you're so concerned about them. But what about you? What do you offer? What can you bring? So I'm challenging your audience. And what do you bring? What have you been gifted in birth that you can bring that will make somebody else's job, life, work environment easier? Because if you don't provide it, then they're doing something that they either aren't good at, don't need to do. And so that's what entrepreneurship is about, man. It's about creating opportunity to creating experiences where you take your unique giftedness and allow it to flourish to make somebody else's life a little bit easier, a little bit better. Of course, getting paid along the way. Yes, sir. And I love that answer, man, because we all have a unique gift. We all have a unique story. We can leverage those, right? Man, thank you. We don't even need the other question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> One more question, man. What are the three tools or tips you would recommend when scaling your business? Three tools or tips. I told you I like to talk in acronyms, so let me make this up along the way. I like ABC. Easy is ABC. We need to assess. We need to believe. 
and we need to commit. And scaling this business, we need to assess the market, assess our product, assess our offering. Always continue. We talked about it earlier in the CPR. We assess, assess, evaluate. How do we assess what's going on? What does the marketplace need that I can provide? The believe. We got to believe we can do it. The hurdle, I know this is not the question, but it doesn't happen overnight for 99% of us. If you look at when these big brands, you know, we talk about coffee and Starbucks now. Starbucks started like in the 70s, but yet we think it's just now. Chick-fil-A has been around forever, even though it's just now becoming worldwide. So believe in what you're doing and give yourself time and permission to let it come to fruition. And then see, man, commit to it. Be committed. It's a grind. And so, you know, there are all these, I'm not going to call them talking heads. Some people say you need to grind 24-7. Some say it's a four-hour work week. All I'm saying is find out what works for you and do that. What are your priorities? When do you work best? You know, is it morning? Is it middle of the day? Is it late at night? Is it quiet? Do you like noise? But commit to it. Commit to a plan. Commit to commit to you. Commit to being, commit to exchange. Commit to staying connected. That's all we want to do. That's what this is all about. You do that. Hey, there we go. I like how you threw that in there. <laughs> yeah. So, man, it's been a fantastic episode, man. I really appreciate you coming on, James. So last question. My pleasure. How can people connect with you? You can connect with me. Look, I'm a talker, so I'm going to give you my phone number. 713-504-4590. That's my number. You can email me. James at jamesbrownjr360.com. Go to the website, the X, T-H-E-X, change zone. Dot com. I'm on the social media platforms. The Exchange Zone is T-H-E-X-C-H-A-N-G-E-Z-O-N-E. And that's how you can find me. That's where I am. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, get ready for a whole bunch of calls because, hey, <laughs> you know, my audience is all action takers. <laughs> hey, I, I read it for it. I read it. And I answered my phone. So, <laughs> All right, man. Well, I never know what that next transaction is going to be. There you go. Hey, we wish you much success, much prosperity. And yeah, I can't wait to see what you got going on in the future, man. Until next time. Design Your Life and Business, the podcast for leaders, is brought to you by Bright Mind Consulting Group. To find out more about Bright Mind Consulting Group and how you can become the best leader possible, visit brightmindconsultinggroup.com. Make sure you search for Design Your Life and Business on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Bright Mind Consulting Group, We cannot thank you enough for listening.